I should say this one. You're gonna Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga Valley. Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga. Welcome back to Addicted to Trails, where we talk about all things hiking, camping, and outdoor adventures. I'm your host, Alexis. And I'm Erica. And today, we're going to be talking about tips for visiting national parks on a budget. Visiting the national parks doesn't have to be expensive. No, ma'am. Well, you can certainly fly first class to your destination, pay for all the extravagant tours, and stay in luxurious hotels. National park travel can actually be very affordable. Luxurious, yes. Yes. We are going to be sharing eight tips for visiting national parks on a budget. These national park travel tips will help you save money while traveling to our beautiful public lands. Following these tips will allow you to travel to the national parks in the most budget-friendly way possible so that you can visit everywhere from the lowest point in the California desert all the way to the top of the tallest glaciated mountain in Alaska. Glaciated? Yes. That's a word? Yes. It's crazy. Before we dive in, should we talk about our week? Yes. Okay, what did we do this week? No, that's what I say to you. Okay. <laughs> what did we do? What happened? Um, well, first we can talk about something. I guess it is adventure related, but we went thrifting. It's very adventure related because why did we go thrifting? Well, we watched a YouTube video of a girl who went to all these thrift, th- thrift stores and bought all this adventure gear for dirt cheap so well, she got like smart wool material which is very expensive merino wool you mean i thought it was smart wool. that's the brand potato potato so, so yeah yes. so she got all these merino wool clothing which is the best material to wear in the outdoors when you're hiking camping because it keeps you warm and cool at the same time depending on the season and they're usually like hundreds of dollars because mm-hmm. it's going to keep you cool or warm wherever you're at Yes. So she was, I think her name is Amanda Outside. Yeah. She's my favorite. She found like gear that was $150 to $200. She would find it for like five bucks. Well, she found like a whole closet. Well, not closet worth, but she found a ton of clothes for what? A hundred bucks maybe? If that. She's. How much was it? I forgot. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) She bought $600 worth of gear for $50 total. So, what a steal. So anyway, obviously, when you go to thrift stores, like you have no idea what you're going to find. It's going to be very by store, by location. But we decided to go thrifting to a bunch of stores around here. And we found a couple things. Well, well I- you found some, but I'm glad that some made it. I was just shocked that they had anything, let alone in our yeah. sizes. Yeah. So I found at the first store, I found an icebreaker merino wool base layer, which is normally... I think a hundred, hundred and twenty dollars, hundred fifty dollars, something like that. Yeah. And I got it for nine dollars. And then it's so it's not the cutest pattern, but it's I'm a base layer. I'm gonna be wearing gonna it, it underneath. Yeah. And then I found an a smart wool merino wool base layer. It's like a quarter zip. Normally one hundred and seventy dollars. I got it for thirty. It looks real, real nice. Yes. So we're gonna be going to a lot more thrift stores now to try to find all of our why not hiking gear. Somebody's like garbage wise. is your treasure. Is All that right. the saying? I, one man's garbage is another man's treasure. 
I think that's the phrase. Probably. <laughs> yes. What else did we do this week? Oh, we went to, um, well, we always are on the Foothills Parkway, I feel like. Well, but, yeah, it's really close to us. Yeah. So we're always driving it, but um, there's two different pieces to it. And we finally did the second piece. We completed it. So, yeah. They just need to complete their portion of it. Like the construction people. So if you don't know, the Foothills Parkway is part of Great Smoky Mountains National Park. But it is... (laughs) Why are you laughing and dancing? Okay, the the Foothills Parkway... I like to dance. It's a part of the National Park, but it's not quite attached to it in the way that people go to like the Gatlinburg area and they don't know about the parkway because it's a little bit further away from the center of the park. Anyway, most people go... (laughs) What? Most people go to like... Gatlinburg area of Smokies and don't even know about the Foothills Parkway so it's I think that's why I like it because it's it's quieter it's quiet there's nobody there usually just people there mostly motorcycles because they travel on the tail of the dragon and then they come up to through the Foothills Parkway to get to the Smokies wild hogs what that's what they call them okay anywho anyway so yeah we drove the Foothills Parkway it's really pretty in completion so I'm writing a blog post about it now of course you are (laughs) All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive into our topic? No, let's do it. All right. So we are going to, if you don't remember, you know, from five minutes ago, what we said we're talking about. (laughs) Well, I Um, forgot. So we're going to be talking about visiting the national parks on a budget. My favorite way. Yes. I'll stop interrupting you. I swear. No, it's fine. You're fine. You're fine. You said I don't give you enough room to talk. So you can just interrupt me as much as you want. Okay. We have eight (laughs) tips. We have eight tips for you for traveling to the national parks on a budget. So, Erica, what is tip number one? Oh, I thought I was supposed to say that. Okay. I don't care. Tip number one. Go camping instead of staying in a hotel. Yes. Camping is significantly cheaper than staying in a hotel. So, hotels feature random charges and sky-high nightly rates, while campgrounds offer low rates in prime locations. So, while the amenities at campgrounds might not be as stellar as hotels, sometimes the benefits of staying the night under the stars outweigh those inconveniences. At least I know that I'm cleaning my my stuff as opposed to hotels where you know you don't know what they're cleaning, if they clean. Yeah. Like the blankets and sheets and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I try not to think about that whenever we stay in a hotel, which is which is rare nowadays. Right. But yeah. <laughs> Just another um, pro tip. Yeah. So you can either camp inside the national park boundaries or right outside the park. In most cases, campgrounds outside the park are going to be more expensive because they're privately owned. But the campgrounds inside the park um, are often reasonably priced because they're owned by the owned and operated by the government. So I think on average, we found that most national parks charge around $30 per night for tent and non-electric campsites. So that is less than half the cost of even a cheap motel. That's crazy. That's a really good deal. Yeah. I already knew that. But I know. I <laughs> Just thank you for the excitement, you know. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> so what are a few of the advantages of camping in a national park? Well, for one, you're going to be near your favorite trails and the scenic overlooks, and you'll get first dibs to those trailheads in the morning. You'll also be there long after the day trippers have gone. You can watch the sun rise and sunset in the park, which is one of my favorite things. You can also stay up all night and see the stars. They will have um, designated, what do they call them? Like the Utah parks, they have designated uh, night sky. Oh, like their international dark yes. sky parks. A lot of, yes, a lot of the national parks are 
on that registry. So meaning they're far away from cities and you can stargaze in these parks and you can see the night sky like That's super so clearly. Cool. Um, we just were at Joshua Tree. I believe that is one of them. We saw the night sky there. It is so pretty when you don't have those city lights shining down on you. I know. It's so nice. the sky. Wow. Yes. Um, and on then, the less advantage. Yeah, sorry. There are fantastic views right from your campsite. So instead of, you know, staying in a city where all you see is just industrial buildings, <laughs> you're going to see nature. You just unzip your tent and boom, it's right there. Exactly. All right. Tip number two. Buy an America the Beautiful Pass. Why is that? Investing in an America the Beautiful Pass is the quickest way to save money at the entrance stations. If you'll be visiting three or more national parks that charge an entrance fee in one year, this pass will pay for itself. So if you don't know what this is, this this national park pass is an $80 pass and you get access into more than 2,000 federally owned public lands, including all 63 national parks and 429 national park units. Now, for those of p- people that don't know what you just said, I'm not one of them. What are national park units? So they, <laughs> there are 429 of them and there are other public lands that may not be, may not have the designation as a national park, but they're a national river, a national monument, a, forest. a national forest. So all of those are going to... Get, you're going to get into those parks for free as well. And even Basically like, a lot of open land. Yes. Like, like BLM land. BLM land is included in this. Um, even like wildlife refuges, like fish uh, management sites, like really weird sites that you that might charge an entrance fee. You're going to get into them. So For the calendar year. Yeah. And if you're a veteran or active in the military, permanently disabled, or have a fourth grader in your family, you are actually eligible for a free park pass. Now, why is it a fourth grader? Do you have any details on that? I don't have a specific reason of why it's a fourth grader, but I know that they're trying to encourage elementary kids to go out into the experience nature. But I don't know specifically why fourth graders, but... Yeah, it's just so I mean, it's really cool that they do that. It's just yeah. really random to me because if you have I think kids get in for free into the national park. So it seems kind of silly, but it's basically for their family. Now, is it a certain age limit for kids? Yeah. Fourth graders. I oh, mean, oh, um, I think it depends on the park, but I've seen a lot of them that say 12 and under or 15 and under are free. But t- most of the parks only charge by car. So it doesn't matter if That's you true. have kids in there, adults in there. They're just going to charge one fee. Mm-hmm. So. But if it's per person, then yeah, they will typically just charge for adults. Could I be considered a 12-year-old? You kind of look like you're 12. That's really nice. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) So the easiest way to buy your park pass is um, either at any national park site. So most of these parks sell them directly at the entrance stations or the visitor centers. Or what we do is we purchase it online or in store from REI because REI has free shipping for members. Um... Now, what I will say about if you purchase it at the National Park site, which I kind of want to do because... Shipping. No, I just said that REI gets free shipping, so... I thought you were talking about something else. <laughs> oh, I know. So, if you purchase a your, your park pass at, like, say, Great Smoky Mountains National Park, most of that revenue will go back into Great Smoky Mountains, whereas right. if you buy it online you don't know which park it's going to go to now a lot of people don't care which one it goes to but if you have a home park that you want to really you want to make sure that most of that money goes into that one park buy it from that park okay so if you do buy it online 
does it for sure go to other parks? Only if you buy it at the location. No, I mean, like, even if you buy it online, they're supposed to donate yes, a portion that's of that. Going, it's, it's just going, to whatever park they choose. Yeah, it's going okay. to the National Park Service, so you don't know which exact park it's going to go to. Okay. So I think we should probably start buying it at Great Smoky Mountains because... Well, we have, haven't we? No. We were going to this I year, but they um, they were closed down for a reason when we were going to go in the park and get probably it. Probably snow. No, ice. stop. It was October. I don't know then. There was a reason that the park was shut down. We were going to go get it, but we couldn't because... Probably Biden. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I have no reason for saying that. I just think it's funny. We'll fix that in post. All right. (laughs) People say that. I don't know. Let's move forward. Anywho, you can uh, visit a free... Hold on. What? Tip number three. I have to introduce it. You can't just go into it. Number three. Visit a free national park. They have free national parks. Erica, (laughs) you know this. Okay. So, did you know... There are more than 300 national park units that don't charge an entrance fee. Yeah, pretty crazy. So thanks for the <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the feedback on that, Erica. <laughs> so I was giving you a look. I'm sorry. They <laughs> jaw dropped. We'll put the link in our show notes of all of the national park units and what they charge. You can filter it by ones that um, don't charge an entrance fee. But these are some of our favorite national parks that don't charge an entrance fee. And some are very underrated. Mm-hmm. What's the first one, Erica? Speaking of, oh, I should say this one. You're gonna Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Valley, Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Valley National Park in Ohio is a free park. There is no entrance fee to get in. Okay, <laughs> that's really cool. Second one. I thought you were gonna say it was like an underrated park and go into. I already said. Oh, it was okay. Under- All right. Cool. 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 I literally just said that 20 seconds ago. Okay. So um, you don't listen to me. The hmm. next interesting. The next one is one of my favorite national parks that. I've ever been to North Cascades National Park in Washington. There is no entrance fee. Is that the Maple Pass loop that we did? Yes. That's that park. Yep. So some some of these trailheads in the park um, and the surrounding recreation areas, they do charge. Um, you do have to display a park pass in your windshield whenever you park at a trailhead. But if you have the America the Beautiful Pass, you could just put that on your dash. So, so I, they don't charge a fee, but you have to display a pass? Um, they don't charge a fee to get into the park. But like, you know how Ross Lake Recreation Area is in that same national park complex? Yeah. So that's where a lot of the trailheads are in this park. So you have to okay. you have to pay $5 to park at the trailhead. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. Even though you're not technically in the national... It's, it's confusing. North Cascades National Park has three park units all in its complex. And so it gets kind of confusing, but... Anyway, what North Cascades National Park, like the actual National Park National Park, doesn't charge an entrance fee. How many times can you say National Park? Apparently 17. <laughs> All right. The next one is New River Gorge National Park in West Virginia. Yep. That one is completely free. That's one of the newest national parks. It might be the newest. Yes. Yes, that is it the is. 63rd. They haven't named the uh, supposedly New Mexico. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. They're New Mexico or Arizona. There yes. might be a new national park site coming. Chihuahua. Chihuahua National Park. Oh, my gosh. I'm not even going to touch that one. <laughs> All right. And then finally, Great Smoky Mountains National Park, our home park, does not charge an entrance fee. But as of last year, you do have to have a parking tag to park anywhere in the park. <laughs> Again, I'm saying Gotta park, park in the park so many times. Anyway, so. And that's only if you're going to be there for at least 15 minutes. Yes. So that. There are literally 300 park units that you can just 
drive into no no pass needed you just go in so we'll put that again we'll put that link down in our show notes yes all right so tip number four for visiting national parks on a budget what is that erica visit a national park in the shoulder season yes now what is a shoulder season so a shoulder season is basically the time of year where the park is not busy it's not considered their high season it's in between seasons basically yeah so for example bryce canyon's busy season is considered to be summer and fall because of the nice weather so shoulder season would be winter and spring when the park is experiencing a lot of snow visiting a national park in the shoulder season is a great way to save money so what are the perks to visiting a national park in the shoulder season and why could this save you money we got a few reasons yeah for one the campgrounds are known for being cheaper so you can save some money there sometimes and there's no fees at all yeah sometimes you can just drive into the park nobody even manning the entrance booth and you can just have a campsite for free i feel like that's happened to us and we're like is mm -hmm. is this okay to do like can we just pitch a tent and we did sometimes that they do that because there's nobody so that's our second reason so entrance stations could be unmanned so you can just enter for free you can camp for free. Now, obviously, this is going to depend on the park. Sometimes, even in the off-season, there are rangers there um, charging fees and wanting you to pay for campsites. But, yeah, that could be something you Kinda can look nice. forward to. Yeah. And then three, this is just a perk, not a money-saving tip, but crowds are slimmer in the off-season. So, sh- trailheads are easier to park at. Trails are less packed. Roads aren't as jammed. And campgrounds and trail permits are easier to reserve. I like it. Number five, cook your own meals. We love cooking our own meals and brewing our own coffee and tea in the parks. Especially in the parks because we used to like stay at hotels Mm -hmm. when we would hike and their coffee and their food, like their breakfast, as much as I love a free breakfast with your stay, it's just not good. I prefer what we do. Mm -hmm. So we love having meals and coffee and tea at overlooks and on trails that way we won't miss sunrises or sunsets in the park too coffee sucks yeah well for you 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 like a specific kind of coffee i think maybe a lot of people aren't as picky but um that's true i guess i I like my coffee to have a little kick to it in the morning so you can't just have hotel coffee because no it's just very bland there's nothing to it for me yeah So cooking your own meals and brewing your own coffee in the national parks is beneficial for a few reasons. One, you'll save money. You won't be spending money at restaurants or coffee shops outside the park. And you won't be tempted to peruse the coolers at one of the park stores because you'll already have all of your your stuff. stuff. You won't have to waste gas money or just standing in line. Yeah. Two, you'll spend more time in the parks because you won't be leaving to go to a restaurant or a coffee (laughs) shop. And then three, you won't have to spend time in lines at the park general store or in park restaurant. You could just spend all your time outside, on the trail, wherever. Like I said, you just open up your tent and not only is your view there, but you can just get your stuff ready and just enjoy your meals or whatever with the view. Heck yes. All right. Number six. This is something I want to do. Like we a long extended one. Okay. I was going to say we, we've done many of these. Um, we take a road trip instead of flying. So I think what you're referring to is that when we fly out west to Washington, Oregon, California, et cetera, we would love to drive there like instead. Cross country road trip. Yes. In a van. Um, <laughs> yes. I would agree. That is something that is so high on our list is to take a road trip cross country. Um, but realistically you can take a road trip anywhere even if it's just a few hours from your house we do we do this all the time and 
um, this road tripping definitely is the biggest way to save money on a national park trip. Uh, it saves money on airfare and rental car fees, which if you're camping, these are the two biggest costs of a national park trip. So, and if you've li- listened to our previous episodes about rental cars, you can avoid <laughs> all of that. <laughs> yeah. I absolutely hate renting cars now because of that. I hated it before just cause it was so expensive, but, but now, now there's a, another added to it. Yeah. Um, and just a little pro tip for you. If you're going to be traveling throughout multiple states and road tripping to across the country, especially, you're going to want to research gas prices throughout your route ahead of time so you can save the correct amount. So fuel prices differ from state to state, sometimes dramatically, because we we, the, we flew to California, but when we were driving, we drove like 2,000 miles around California, Nevada, and Arizona, and the gas prices were so different out there. So steep. But even different from each other. Like right. California had the highest gas prices that I've ever seen. Like the obviously the national park itself, like the Death Valley area, the was the highest because you're in a national park and you're a super rural that, area. Yeah, there's nothing for um, miles. Yeah. Miles. But even the even outside of the park in the little towns, it was so expensive. I, I think know. we um gas prices in Tennessee at the time were under three dollars and in california still are they still i know but i'm i'm saying at the time (laughs) okay and in california at death valley it was almost nine dollars it was like eight fifty eight ninety nine or something ridiculous and even in the little california towns five fifty six dollars expensive but there's such a huge gap between the two yeah but I think in Arizona, it was pretty normal. Like it was 3 to $4. Yeah, so it, it really average. just depends. You're going to want to research that because obviously you're going to want to fill up when it's the cheapest if you can, if you have that option. Yeah. So that's why we didn't wait until we got into the national park to fill up because... Try to do it outside of the park. <laughs> but I saw people pumping up, you know? Yeah, I know. And also there's a couple of apps that we have used. We use Upside to check prices and you can also get cash back on that. And there's things like Gas Buddy. Yeah, Gas Buddy will tell you the amount. I don't... Do they give you rewards? I don't think they have a cash back option. I could be mistaken, but I know Upside does. Yeah, we use Upside all the time. So if... If you don't have that, it's a cashback app um, where you just use any payment option. Like you don't have to use their special card or right. whatever. You just use any of your payment, your normal credit cards, and you automatically get cashback. Depending on the gas station, it could be just a couple cents or it could be like 50 cents. So Yeah, and we use it for Amazon. <laughs> yes, we get Amazon gift cards in return, but you can You can do whatever. They out. have everything. All right. Yes. So tip number seven, choose budget friendly activities in the park. Yes. While there are lots of exciting tours and excursions available at the national parks, you could save some serious dough by enjoying some budget friendly activities in the park. Yeah. Some (laughs) of the best free activities in national parks are hiking, driving the park roads, stopping at all of the scenic overlooks, wandering around the visitor centers. There's museums, exhibits, swimming, stargazing, and participating participating in ranger programs and if you bring your own bike kayak snorkel gear climbing equipment backpacking gear etc on your road trip you can enjoy even more activities for free or cheap Ooh, yes that's our favorite way to enjoy a national park anyway i would say those free activities like hiking and camping well camping is not free but like backpacking sometimes you can get um, free or cheap wilderness permits to camp in the backcountry as opposed to paying $30 for a campground you can pay maybe 
zero to ten dollars for a backcountry permit so i just thought of this what's the difference between backcountry camping and dispersed or is it the same thing it can be the same thing dispersed camping i think is usually outside of national parks like in national forests Gotcha. National parks usually have their backcountry areas where you have to have a permit. Dispersed camping usually don't. Okay. So, so like designated areas. But like I remember at Crater Lake National Park, we got a backcountry permit to camp on one of the trails and it was completely free. Mm-hmm. So not only, I don't, we didn't really have to spend any money going there. We had our America the Beautiful Pass, so we didn't right. have to pay for an entrance fee. We didn't pay for campgrounds because we just backcountry camped. And then we went hiking. Yeah. So you could definitely take like like a boat tour on Crater Lake or something fun. But that is something oh, we want to do. We did want to do that, but it was closed. Yeah. So so anyway, you could do all that, but you can also visit for free or next to nothing by just doing these That's three really activities. Cool. Yes. A good episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. Our final tip visiting the national you can visit the national parks on a fee free day. Say that five times fast. Yes. I'm not going to. Every year, the National Park Service releases a set of fee-free days where visitors can enter the parks without paying a dime. So what are the fee-free days in 2024? Here are the National Park fee-free days in 2024. I just said that. <laughs> I just wanted to say fee-free. Oh, you want to say fee-free? Fee-free, fee-free, All right. January 15th. That already passed. But MLK Junior Day. Mm-hmm. April. We're doing every other apparently all right april 20th is the first day of national park week so that is a free entrance day june 19th is juneteenth national independence day august 4th is anniversary of the great american outdoors act i didn't know that that's really cool mm-hmm. september 28th is national public lands day and finally, November 11th is Veterans Day. So all six of those days, you get into the parks for free. Whether every park doesn't have to be a free park, just any national park unit, you get in for free. So those keep days. those in mind. All right. So I think that about sums up everything that we wanted to talk about for visiting national parks on a budget. Yeah, you can go camping. You can buy America the Beautiful Pass. You can visit a free national park. You can visit them in the shoulder season. You can cook your own meals. You can take a road trip instead of flying. You can choose budget-friendly activities in the park. Visit the national parks on a fee-free day. I'm trying to sum all that up. That was a great summary. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. Love it. Okay. All right. Where can they find you, Erica? I'm so excited. You you approve of this. Of course. All right. I'm on on Instagram. Wow, this is a really short episode. Yeah, it was. We kind of zoomed through that. That's shocking because you like to talk. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways, Instagram, ESlinger86. And we are on YouTube at Addicted to Trails with the number two. You can find me on Instagram at AlexisAbroad, and my travel blog is AlexisAbroad.com. I'm a blogger. Why do you say that every time? I'm so stupid. We'll, we will, <laughs> all right, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until next time, see you guys on the trails. Bye.